This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today. And may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our feature sermon. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And today my, my desire is to speak to you about the advent of the advent story. But just like this morning, my prayer is that as we look at the story again, it will call us to listen to this. Spend, worship more and spend less. Amen. Worship more, but spend less. Thank you for the prayers, uh, Chaplain Davis. Uh, and let me, let me point this out to you. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 on, it says, let's read that together. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Herod the king, my eye from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born, king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So they came to what? Worship him. Now when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from then to ex the exact time the star appeared. And he sent, sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and what? Worship him. I don't know if you know this, but you heard the story many times. Let's talk about the name that pops up there, and that is the king, Herod. Remember that? Herod, Herod becomes a main character in the story of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. But Herod represents everything that the world is about. Herod's only interested in his kingdom and the things of his kingdom. As a matter of fact, he was a great builder of the kingdom of Israel there, actually for the Roman Empire, within the province where he was. And he built his kingdom, he rebuilt the temple, and made it larger, and he made it more efficient than ever before. So Herod was interested, the king was interested in just raising more and more his worldly kingdom. It was all about the wealth. 
It was all about the buildings, the temple, and everything that had to do with status, with wealth, and the material things of this world. Herod wanted to be about, and he promoted this. So Herod was only interested in the temporal kingdom. He wasn't really interested in any Messiah that would come. As a matter of fact, he wanted to be, he was the only one who was king, and he didn't want anything else to take its place, right? So when he came to the Magi's and he said, hey, listen, I'm interested in this new king, he was actually just playing a part that he, he just wanted to appear interested in the kingdom of Jesus, but he really wasn't interested in the kingdom of Jesus. He was only interested in his own kingdom. Hello? Just because we appear to be interested in the kingdom of Jesus, it doesn't mean that we really are interested, is it? As a matter of fact, a lot of the times we allow our own kingdom to take precedence over the kingdom of God. And just like Herod, sometimes we may be about building our own kingdom more than anything else. And, but Herod, listen what he's doing. He was not only interested in his own kingdom. I mean, he, was, he was a ruthless leader who killed through military might to conquer the region of Judea. So on top of being just interested in the materialistic interests of the world and only building his own kingdom, Herod was also ruthless and he would not mind in killing people to impose his will and impose his ruling over the region. So he was ruthless and he killed anyone that got in his way. Right? Again, because he was only interested in himself and what he was about. So if people got in the way, got in the way of his views of what he was about, watch out. Because he will destroy you. Here was a wealthy king who lived a luxurious, a life of luxury. He was just about the wealth and he wanted to enjoy all the luxury that comes with wealth and with power and with authority. So he never, he did not uh, inhibit himself, he did not deny himself of any pleasure of this world based on all that he had. He wanted to enjoy uh, a good banquet, a, a, you know, eccentric meals, or, or he wanted to enjoy uh, the best dancers, he would have that. Anything he wanted, anything he had, his heart desired, he pursued anything that had to do with this world. But because of this, you probably noticed too, that Herod was also an insecure leader who killed his own family if he felt that his kingdom was threatened. So his security was on the things of this world, right? And so anyone that would threaten his, his kingdom or the security of the wealth of anything that he has been about, he will kill that person because his insecurity was such based only on the things of this world. Well, let me 
let me bring it home to you. Let me just apply it at our context today. We do also live today in, ki in, the, in between kingdoms. There is a kingdom that we need to denounce today, that we need to uh, make a contrast today against or in contrast to the kingdom of God, to what Jesus and the Advent means or it's all about. And that is the kingdom of consumerism, the kingdom of materialistic wealth that today is so much promoted everywhere we turn, even in this season, in the Christmas season. Because our society has, has used, is using today the advent of Jesus Christ to be all about the retail and about the being a consumer and being the best society to consume and consume and consume. As a matter of fact, it's been estimated that we will spend $455 billion during this Christmas season. I mean, $455 billion. I don't even know what that means, really, to be honest. <laughs> they talk about billion, trillions. None of us really know what that means. I mean, they just talk numbers and money. Billions. So $455 billion on retail and everything that our society will be focused about is just spending and consuming everything that it will be put out there. From iPods to iPads to, you know, you name it toys, and um, all kinds of gadgets. Because consumerism goes along and is establishing the kingdom of this world because our emphasis is shift from the realities of the advent of the kingdom of Christ, which, by the way, the advent of Christ is all about God's kingdom and the spiritual realities that it represents, Right? That's what our focus should be on Christmas. But we, I mean, let's be honest, we get caught up on this consumerism spirit. And we plan and we hunt and we seek for the things that we want. And we all, go, go, all get caught up on this spending and spending and spending and spending. And usually by the time Christmas and New Year's comes... We owe more money than when we started the season. Right? So there, there is a, and I want, again, I want to make contrast that Herod represents the kingdom of the world. And the kingdom of the world is in, in complete opposition, in, in contrast to the kingdom of Jesus that the advent introduces into our realm, into the human existence. We got it, we got it, we got to know that, we got to know the differences. Let's talk about how the kingdom of Jesus interacts with the kingdom of the world in the story. Because verses 9, and we're going to read that together, verses 9 on, listen to this. After hearing the king, they went their way. Uh, 9 through 12. And the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until he came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they what? Rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. 
Then open, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So, Jesus, notice this, he is not impressed with the kingdom of the world and with Herod, right? As a matter of fact, Jesus' kingdom represents and now becomes a threat to the kingdom of the world, to Herod's kingdom. And because of that, listen to this, Jesus ignored Herod by entering the world as the king of the Jews. But listen, he didn't come as Herod was came, right? He didn't have the wealth and the riches and everything that Herod was all about. Which again, this kingdom, his kingdom, Herod's kingdom was about the kingdom of the world. But Jesus comes in opposite contrast to that. And his kingdom is represented by weakness and poverty. Jesus comes in the opposite direction of what the kingdom of Herod is promoting. His kingdom is authenticated only by God and not by worldly power, wealth, and security of this world. So Jesus' kingdom becomes established because God says it was going to be established in spite of the kingdom of the world. So matter, as a matter of fact, Jesus' ministry will show in his life that he's unimpressed with worldly systems and the kingdoms of the world. He will be all opposing the kingdoms of the world. His ministry was all about that. Now listen, Jesus didn't become a seller and just started to um, make enemies with everyone he saw, you know. He did make a lot of enemies, but it wasn't his intention to just begin to uh, get in people's face and, 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 and talk against them and try to put him to shame. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that Jesus focused his life on the kingdom of God and he was a steadfast, faithful to God's purposes in his life. Can you say amen to that? As a matter of fact, there's something interesting here and I want, you, I want to make, a, I got to mention this before we continue on. In verse 9 and 10, it says that after hearing the king, they went their way and they saw what? The star. And when the star went before them and stood over their place, it says that when they saw, verse 10, when they saw the star, what happened? They rejoiced. Exceedingly with what? With great joy. By the way, joy and the joy that they experience and the joy that the Christian experiences is based on, on that they saw what? The star. So follow me here because when the Magi see the signs of God in their lives and they're secure and they are sure that God is leading their lives, then they what? They rejoice. They have joy. And joy is not the same as happiness. And I have to make a contrast here again. As opposed to the world today, People say in our society today, we are about the pursuit of what? Of happiness. That's what society says. That we're supposed to pursue happiness. Which means, you know, 
You'll be happy all the time. You have no trials. You, you, you have no difficult times. You just want to be happy. And the word, the, the word of God says that we, are, is, we need to be about is joy, which is different. Joy is based on the fact that God is leading your life no matter what, no matter the circumstances. Amen? This is why Paul later on could say, the Christian, those who follow Jesus, we could be joyful in everything. Right? That doesn't mean that we're going to be happy all the time. In other words, that we will, have to, we will have no reasons to cry sometimes. We will. We will have trials. As a matter of fact, the life of Jesus becomes uh, all about that. He becomes about our suffering. He becomes about our trials. And Jesus, he pays the ultimate trial, which is he gives his life for us. And he never said that he was about happiness. He was about the joy of God as he steadfastly was faithful to God's purpose in his life. But notice, and after that, when you have joy, listen to this. When you have joy in this way, then the next thing that they do is what? After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell on the ground and what? Worship him. So when you and I experience true joy, when you and I understand that God is leading our lives, so in spite of the circumstances, we, our center, our focus is in worshiping Jesus. Amen? So a life that is focused on Christ will feel the right, the true joy to be able to worship Jesus in every circumstance. And this is why we come here today, to worship our Lord. I know some of you are going through difficult times today. Health challenges some of us face. Financial struggle. Difficult times. Relational issues that we may have. But because we know that the signs of God are leading our lives and we are assured that God is leading, we could experience joy. And we could worship Him in spite of it all, in the midst of all circumstances. We worship Jesus. Jesus was focused on the kingdom of God. And his kingdom is totally opposite to the kingdoms of the world. And we must be about the same things. We must cultivate the spiritual discipline of ignoring the, the kingdoms of the world, the culture of the world, the consumerist, consumerist mentality that is out there. You know, even, even church has become about consumerism. You know that? Have you noticed that? Some of you, some of us come to church and we don't like what we see. We just walk out and, 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 and go in our own way. Because we came to consume to church. We came to get what I needed. Never mind that the community of faith is about not only getting, but even giving into the community too, right? As a matter of fact, people shop for churches in town looking for the things that the church could give me, and if the church fulfilled my needs, then I will come and worship there. People don't come to the church thinking, what can I contribute to this community? How can God use me here to build his kingdom? That's not what people come here to do. I mean, those who come with that mentality of consumerist mentality. Have you noticed that? So the church, in a way, has given to the kingdom of the world 
but making church a consumerist affair. So I challenge you. I challenge you to look into your life, look into your heart, and ask God, am I worshiping you with, in the way that you want me to worship you? Am I living like my life? Am I coming to church in the, with the heart that you want me to come to? Or am I just coming to consume and consume and consume and consume? And some of you have consumed for so long that you've been in church for 15, 20 years, 30 years, and you still have not been a blessing to anybody around you because you just focus on yourself and what you need to consume and consume and consume. And some of us are just a little bit overweight when it comes to spiritual things. Because we think that we need to know it all before we start sharing with the world the blessings of God. We need to have it all together before we start sharing the blessing that God has given us. So the kingdom of Jesus and what the Advent stands for, the birth of Christ, is totally against or in opposition to the kingdoms of this world. Finally, in verses 13 through 23, you notice what happens. I'm not going to read all the details of the story, but just to tell you this, you could go home and read the details that the life of the child is threatened, right? Because when the kingdom of God opposes, opposes the world, the kingdom of the world, what is the reaction of the kingdom of the world? Well, it says that Herod purposed in his heart to kill every kid, every child that was born. He calculated the time when the Magas were there, the star when he appeared. And so anybody under the age of two, he just, he just uh, sacrificed those, child, those, those children. The Bible says this was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord. And so in, in a dream, in a dream, the angel comes to Joseph and says, hey, go to Egypt. And you will notice as you read that passage, verse, verse 13 of chapter 2 of Matthew through 23, that a few times the Bible, the, the gospel writer says, this is to fulfill what was predicted by the prophet. Because he wants to reassure those who are reading the scripture, those who are following Jesus, that everything about the life of Jesus was according to the plan of God. Amen? Nothing that happened in the life of Jesus was left to chance. And everything followed God's plan. So the children were killed. In verse 18, a voice was heard in Ramath, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she suffered to be comforted because they were no more. When Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph and calls him back to where? To Israel. And, of course, Joseph got a little scared because he saw the brothers. Herod uh, was the one ruling. But the angel reassures him and says, go to where? To Galilee. And so Joseph comes in verse 23 and came and lived in the city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill, again, what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Folks, to bring all this together and, and, and talk about the center of the message today, we worship an eternal king, an eternal God who is 
of an eternal kingdom, of the kingdom of Jesus Christ and not the kingdom of the world. You know that, amen? So when we use this season, and, and I want you to know, I know in our church we have used the sentiment of the world today that everybody's celebrating Christmas, to use it for the advantage, to, to, for us to bring Jesus and talk about the birth of Christ. But we don't want to mingle and be so much about the consumerism of the world. We want to bring the hope of Christ into the world, amen? And bring into the world, into our families, into our hearts, the realities that we should stand for. And there's the realities of the kingdom of God. And we, if we are living this way, then also our lives will threaten the kingdom of the world. Just like Jesus' birth threatened uh, Herod's kingdom. But the plan of God in our lives, just as in the life of Jesus, will go on if we stay faithful. Can you say amen? Those who follow Jesus and willingly suffer for the sake of his kingdom will never be threatened by the empire of power, wealth, efficiency, and materialism that is prevailing today in our world. And we will never be swayed by that. Can you say amen to that? In other words, we will not buy into this consumerist society, into this uh, thing about just being about me and about buying and about consuming, even in the way that we do church. We should worship Jesus this Christmas in a way that resists the cultural bias that's going on. We should be about the kingdom of Jesus. And we should, we should worship more and spend less. Let me share with you something. And, and, and I know my children are here. They're going to cover their ears now. They're not going to say but. They might learn something right now. This is the part that they kind of hate about being a pastor's kid. That sometimes, right, Robbie? <laughs> sometimes the father will get inspired by the life of the children, and so he will use them as, as an example. But seriously, I, let me say this. I need your prayers because I think in my home we also, we're also battling this thing, you know, of being focused about God's kingdom as opposed to the kingdom of the world, just like you are too, right? If you live in, in the real life that you live, the kingdoms of the world sometimes, you know, uh, may, may, may sidetrack us a little bit. So there's something that, that's been happening, and it's been a request that my children, for a while now, Alexi and Giancarlo, they've been asking to, for a pet for a while. Yeah, <laughs> they've been wanting a pet since, since I, I, a few years now. We've been, we've been dreading that and saying, my wife and I, Oh, by the way, they promise that they will take care of this pet. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> they promised. They said, we will take care of this pet. You don't have to bother with a pet. Just give it to us. Just bring it to us, and we'll care for it. You don't even have to worry. You won't even know the pet exists. <laughs> right? <laughs> you parents know. So I've been praying about this. My wife and I, she's been trying to convince me. And, and she finally said, well, you know what? Maybe we should get a pet. Yeah, well. So we know that we're in for a ride. <laughs> because we know that we're going to, it's almost like getting another child. Right? And we know that the children will have a challenge fulfilling the promises. Right? But it's okay. 
But there's one thing that I think I've been praying about this, and I, I, need, you, I need your prayers with me, too. Because I believe this Christmas, they say, you know, we should have buying some things. They say, oh, this Christmas, all we want. He said, don't buy us any gifts. Don't get us anything else. No, I, Giancarlo wanted an iPod for a while, a phone, an iPhone. And then he changed that tune, and he said, you know what? By the way, why does a nine-year-old need an iPhone? <laughs> I don't know. But, um, but they changed the tune, and now they say, all we want is a pet. Well, we started thinking and praying about this, and I said, maybe, maybe, maybe this would be the way that the children may learn about giving instead of just receiving. And, you know, maybe because a, a pet will introduce into their lives someone that will depend on them, and, and I know we're going to have to teach them some of those things. I know that we're going to have to care for some of that stuff, you know. But maybe, maybe through this gift, um, they'll begin to see the difference between being focused on the giving part of this Christmas of this season of their lives that must be about, as opposed to this attitude of just give me, just give me, just get me, just get me, and consume and consume. And so we have, uh, we're looking and we're searching in, in these places where they shelter animals and we're going we're gonna to rescue a pet in the next few days by God's grace. So we pray that the Lord will lead us to the right pet that needs some rescue. And that the children in this journey together, we will learn and be focused on the realities of the kingdom of God. And perhaps we will all grow and learn mo more to be focused on the realities of God's kingdom as opposed to the realities of the world. Please play the video, and then we'll pray together. I think we finally got that video to play. Father God, Lord, we understand the call that you place in our hearts today again to be renewed with the realities of the kingdom of God, with the reality of the advent of the first birth of Jesus Christ, Lord, your first advent when you came to give us your gift. We celebrated as a church this season, we open our doors to the community 
last week as we brought our friends. Lord, and we've been, we've been wanting to just share the gift of God and be about the realities of the kingdom of God. I pray, Lord, that everyone here this morning will live focused on your kingdom, on being faithful to you as opposed to the kingdom of the world. Call us back if we need to refocus, if we need to be uh, our minds to be shifted, to be calibrated back to where we need to be, where our focus should be, Lord. That you will call us to be faithful to you and you alone. Help us this season and in our lives to worship more and to spend less. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you, Father. Amen. Amen.